You're listening to Destination Animation, the show where we sit down with people who have chosen to make their professional work destination animation. I am your host, Hannah Howell from KPC Radio, welcoming all listeners who are interested in learning more about the animation industry and the great amount of work that goes on behind our favorite cartoons. For today's episode, we have a screenwriter who has written for shows such as Brickleberry, Littlest Pet Shop, and Futurama. He also created the show Skylanders Academy. Please welcome Eric Rogers. Woohoo! <laughs> Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, thank you for coming. Yeah, no worries. And I want to start off by asking, how did you get your start in professional screenwriting? Uh, great question. So I, um, I always uh, knew I wanted to be a writer of some sort. Um, um, I had very good teachers um, in high school who encouraged me to, to pursue it. Um, after uh, the, the story I like to tell the most is uh, when I was uh, my sophomore year of high school, we were given a, uh, a writing assignment which uh, was supposed to be like six or seven pages, double spaced, um, you know, just any, any creative narrative story I wanted to write. And I ended up uh, writing like this 50 page diehard knockoff uh, <laughs> as, my, as my work. Um, and then I turned it in and um, I thought, you know, I thought I bombed the assignment because obviously I wrote way too much, but uh, the, the day the teacher was, uh, uh, get handing the, these, uh, stories back to us with our grades on him. He kept mine. And, uh, as he's walking up and down the aisle, uh, he, he just leans over to me and he says, come see me after class. And I was like, oh man, I'm really in trouble now. Um, and so I went to see him after class and he hands me my, he hands me my, uh, uh my, my opus, uh, and, uh, Mr. Romano, that was his name. He's, he tells me, he's like, obviously you, you did not do what I asked you to do, but you went way above and beyond that. And um, this was exceptional. And I, I really think you have a gift here. And I'd like, I'd like to help you. And, and I, I want to encourage you to pursue it. So at that point, I knew, you know, like, this is the thing I want to do. This is the path I want to take. Um, so I went to college, uh, Miami University in Southwestern Ohio. Um, uh, and I uh, got, got my degree in creative writing and English literature. The English literature degree is about as worthless as to toilet paper, unless you're going to become a, a professor or something. So creative writing it was. Uh, so I so with that degree in hand, I um, I had had a family friend who lived or uh, worked in the industry. Uh, she was living out here in LA, and um, she had encouraged me. Um, uh, I had met her in high school. I had met her her in high school as well, and uh, she told me she was a TV writer. And and you know, I when I showed interest in perhaps pursuing that later, she she basically said, go to college and get your degree. And when you get to your senior year, uh, if you still feel passionate about pursuing this, um, you, you know, write me a letter. That's that's how long ago this was. Write me a letter <laughs> and let me let me know what your plan is. And so I did that in the middle of my senior year of college. I said, I, I, I'm going to come to L.A. and I, and I want to do this. And she gave me her home address and her number. And she said, when you get here, look me up. Uh, she sent me back a letter with that information in it, I should say. And um, uh, three months after graduating college, I was I loaded up my car and I drove to LA. And when I got here, I looked her up and, and she was the one who gave me my first job in TV or helped me get my first job in TV. I worked as a, um, a production assistant on a, a Stephen Bochka show called Murder One, which uh, was airing in 1995, 96. Um, and it was when I was working on that show <clears throat> that I, uh, 
as a PA, you, you get to see how every job is done on a set or in a production office. So it, it, it's the best job for anybody, uh, you know, trying to break through or break into the industry because, um, because you get to see how every department works and, and you really get to figure out like, what is the thing I, I, I really want to pursue and, and working that, that job just solidified for me that, you know, writing and television was, was, you know, where I, what I wanted to do. So, um, uh, Botchko had a, uh, a pilot, uh, uh, the second season of murder one, he had a pilot that was called total security. <clears throat> and I was the squeaky wheel that wanted to grease. And I made it, made it very apparent that I wanted to be a writer's assistant on that show. Um, and they ended up rewarding me with that job. So I graduated from PA to that. And then when that show got, uh, went from pilot to series, uh, I wanted, I asked to be the script coordinator because that job is, um, you're working with the writers every day as a script coordinator. You, you are the, you are the person that is the proofreader and the editor of any script that comes out for any show. Um, and you're the one that publishes it. So, um, it's, it's not a super tough job. Uh, it's detail oriented. Um, uh, but, uh, it also gives you a lot of time to write on the side. So for me, I, I, I loved that because it was a day job where I got paid to also write my own stuff and hone my craft. Um, so after that show, that show lasted 13 episodes, didn't last very long. Um, and then I was out of work again. Um, and, uh, at this point I'd been unemployed about six months and, uh, wasn't getting any bites at all and thought I was going to have to quit the industry. And out of nowhere, uh, someone from 20th century Fox calls me and they tell me, uh, Hey, we have your resume. Um, and we're looking for a writer's assistant for a new show. Matt Groening, have you heard of him? He's got a new show that he's trying, uh, that is, uh, going into production. I'm like, yeah, I've heard of Matt Groening, <laughs> you know, who hasn't, <laughs> um, you know, and this is right when the Simpsons is like at the height of its superpowers in the late nineties, you know, like, uh, it's just such a massive show at that point. So somebody tells you, do you want to come work on Matt Groening's next show? You're like, yes, obviously I'll, I'll, you, you can cut off two of my fingers and I'll do it. Um, all by way of saying, I went in for the interview, uh, and it, lo and behold, it was for Futurama and, uh, it was for the writer's assistant job there. And, um, I got that job. I became the first writer's assistant on Futurama. And, uh, that's, um, that job is really, was my, uh, was my first exposure to, to animation and, and specifically comedy animation. And at that point, um, th that whole process and that, that whole world being opened up to me was really when I, um, that's when I knew I was like, this is what I want to do. Writing animated, you know, comedy, animation in general. Like I've just really, I loved it. You know, and I grew up loving the Simpsons and, and King of the Hill and, and things of that nature, but I never, I never thought about pursuing those jobs really. Uh, I, I always, when I moved to LA, I always envisioned, envisioned being a, a film writer. You know, I, I was, you know, uh, when I was in college, you know, it was the Tarantino sweet spot of, you know, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction and Paul Thomas Anderson. And, 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 and you know, all of those amazing indie filmmakers were making these, these bold f films that were just super, super inspiring. And um, that was really the reason I, I wanted to be a screenwriter was because of these types of, of, of movies. Um, yeah, but, yeah. It, but, it, but then when it was working on Futurama, um, uh, that first go round. Um, that's when I was like, yeah, this, this, this is what I want to do. So, um, uh, I got my first writing credit on uh, Futurama at the end of season two. I got to co-write the season finale with David Cohen and Ken Keeler. Uh, that, that was a, 
nice little reward, I, I guess, for all my hard work as a writer's assistant. Um, and then uh, I also got the opportunity while I was working there to um, start writing comic books for uh, Matt Groening's comic book company, which is uh, Bongo Comics. Um, so I got to continue to hone my craft and do my thing by writing for the Simpsons comics and Futurama comics there. Um, and then after I, I left, I left Futurama uh, midway through season three. My wife was, uh, my future wife was moving over from Australia, and um, I wanted to step away from the show because uh, it, it, it was hectic and a grind. Um, you know, we were we were easily doing <clears throat> twelve hour days every day, uh, you know, Monday through Friday. And um, my wife and I had had a long distance relationship, and I really wanted to <clears throat> spend some good quality personal time with her and see what our future could be. And, um, you know, lo and behold, it ended up being, we got married and we've been married for 21 years now. <laughs> um, but, uh, so I guess I made the right choice of stepping away from the show to, to, to have this relationship. Uh -huh. Um, but, uh, after, after I was done with the show, uh, you know, I continued writing the comics. So, you know, this, that, that Simpsons Futurama, um, style of humor, that tone was just still very much in my wheelhouse. I was, you know, because I was writing the comics, like it just never left, you know, and I was, and the Futurama, um, the characters' voices just were always uh, just right on the tip of my tongue and in my brain. And um, uh, when Futurama came back in 2009, I think we were announced to go to Comedy Central. I, you know, I picked up the phone and, and called David Cohen and uh, I begged him. I was like, oh, I'll do anything to come back on the show, I, you know, uh, whatever it is, you know, he, and he said to me, he's like, well, I can't give you a staff writer job right away, but I'll, I'd love to bring you back as a writer's assistant and I'll give you a script. Um, and, uh, I said, yes. And, uh, so I go back to the show and, and that script ended up being my first, uh, full soul written by credit on, on a, um, on a show, um, well, for an animated show, I should say, I, I had one on NYPD blue, uh, at a certain point as well, but that was another life. Um, uh, and that script uh, for Futurama, The Silence of the Clamps, ended up uh, being nominated for a Writers Guild Award um, the year uh, that it, the show aired. And then I got promoted to staff writer from there. And, and really, that's that's kind of how my trajectory really uh, started and took off. And and it was from there that I uh, really just kept my roots in animation. And, and you know, you mentioned a couple of the shows that I uh, had written for. Um, uh, but there are so there, you know, I went, went and created Skylanders Academy for Netflix, um, which was super fun and my first showrunner job. And then from there, I, I've done a couple other, uh, showrunner gigs that I, I, I can't announce yet because then yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. uh, the, yeah. the networks haven't, the studios haven't announced the shows yet, but, um, but that's all kept me super busy the last few years. Uh, I did a bunch of freelance on a, a preschool uh, a series for HBO Max. It's going to be out next year called Camp Smash. Uh, wrote for Polly Pocket um, uh, this past year. Um, so yeah, that's that, that's the that's all the news that's fit to print so far. <laughs> so I found you through Futurama, and I just have to say it's it's my absolute all time favorite show. And like if I had that's awesome. If I had one show I could only watch like. That, that's the only singular show I had to watch. It'd be Futurama. That's great. I love it. I love it. And I want to ask, like, is, is there anything unique, you know, having worked on the other shows or the kids shows, is there anything unique that comes with writing for Futurama? Um, you know, what was, what was really special about Futurama was 
Um, you know, you know, in kids animation, they're, 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 the, the, the trend or the, the way that we operate is um, when you write a script and you get it ready to record, when you, when you have your record days, um, you bring in your actors one by one and they each get solo time in the booth. It's very rare to have um, a, a table reads and, and then have a record day where everyone is in the booth together. And what was really fantastic about the creative process on Futurama was A, those table reads, they, they were so much fun because it's just so, it's so great to have a room full of people um, laughing at your jokes and hear the actors bring everything to life. Um, but then, then those records just have those same actors inside the booth, um, you know, now recording it officially so it can go to animation, but like watching them crack each other up, watching them riff, watching them come up with jokes, you, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're basically uh, improving and, and coming up with stuff that like is making the show even better. And I'd say that's probably the biggest thing I miss about um, Futurama compared to what I, I get to do in kids animation. You know, it's kids animation. It's a little bit more of a pared down uh, bare bones process compared to like a primetime animated show. Um, you know, and that's, and that's also sometimes the difference between, you know, um, a lot of kids animation shows are um, an animation guild covered shows, whereas primetime shows are covered by the writers guild. So Writers Guild shows tend to um, tend to have more money, bigger staffs, um, and, and those kinds of perks. So it's you know, it's uh, it, yeah. So that that's that's the main difference between the two, I'd say. And do you have a favorite episode that you worked on, or also just a favorite episode in general for Futurama? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really um, I really love uh, for, for of, of an episode that I wrote. I really love uh, Fry and Leela's big fling. Um, for me, uh, that was that just was such a fun story. And we had the the writers' room had for a very long time. You know, we had that kernel of an idea about uh, a, a, some sort of human zoo existing, and that being a mission or whatever. You know, like we used to have these index cards that were in the writers' room that were on the wall, and 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 sometimes it would just be a two sentence idea, like human zoo, you know, or um, Bender is God, you know, something like that. Um, and, and, and the stories sometimes didn't come very quickly with those things, but we just kept them up there just in case, you know, you'd be working on another story and be like, oh, we can use that for this. And it goes well together. Right. Um, but, uh, with Fry and Leela's big fling, <clears throat> you know, the idea of Fry and Leela taking their relationship to the next level by having this vacation and not realizing they're in the human habitat on the monkey planet. And, um, you know, just having no clue the entire episode until until the very very last line of the show that they're, uh, they're that that that's happening. Like I just loved I loved that I loved that whole process with that episode. You know, but I, I loved writing all any of the shows that I got to write um, any of the episodes I got to write. I loved them all. Um, and you know, as far as the overall greatest Futurama episode, in my opinion, like I know this is a tried and true and maybe stereotypical answer but Jurassic Park I think is like just the epitome of what how great Futurama could be um and was um I also love the the Farnsworth Parabox I, I thought that that one is just some of those some of those Ken Keeler episodes are just oh just, yeah she's just genius and and Ken was Ken's one of my favorite people uh that I've ever worked with like he's just so smart and, and he writes the best first drafts and you know, just uh, uh, being in a room with him was uh, it was just really super cool. And I just have such great admiration for that guy. Um, 
but and and, and his just every episode of his was just a, a home run so uh yeah <laughs> and um last question about futurama what is what is your favorite character but then also what is the hardest thing about writing it for it uh, my favorite character, it, it used to be Fry because um, I was 25 uh, when we started working on the show. And I, I always, I always, I always viewed myself as the dumbest person in the writer's room. I think that's still probably true. If we, if we were judged based, based off IQs, I was probably the dumbest person in the writer's room. So, so and I'm fine with it. It's all good. Um, well, I mean, they um, did have degrees from Harvard. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. There's no, there's no shame, right? Uh, but Fry, you know, I always like, I just love, I love the fact that I like, I, I started working on the show as a 25 year old and the show is about this, this knucklehead 25 year old who goes into the future and has no, you know, has no future until he gets to the future. Right. Um, but as I start, as I wrote for the show and, and, you know, the, the, the longer we went like Zoidberg, uh, just Zoidberg became my favorite. I, I love Zoidberg so much. Uh, I, I, he became a, such a lovable loser. Um, uh, some of his episodes are some of my favorites. So the one where he um, uh, goes to Mars. Uh, and, uh, yeah, was that the, the whole gang goes to Mars, but Zoidberg blowing all his money and and Mars and you're on Mars yeah. and, and the casino. It was just so great. And then the one where he finds love uh, towards the end of our run. Um, uh, the second to last episode. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, I can't I couldn't think of the title off the top of my head, but um, Stenchin, Stenchin, Stenchin. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Good. Yes. Um, yeah. Just see, like I love the fact that we we gave Zoidberg like a, a, such a lovely send off. You know, he deserved that after all of his loser moments throughout the years. So, um, but you know, Zoidberg is just he's so much fun to write for because it, it just. It, it's always jokes with with him, you know, and he and 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 he's he was so such an easy character to like set up and knock down. So, um, so yes, that, that those are those answers. And then you asked me what the hardest part of uh, writing for the show. Um, I would say for me personally, because I'm not a science guy, um, uh, I, the, the, I was probably, you know. I, I wish I had had more of a a a, a vast a, a bigger uh, grip or uh, uh, knowledge, uh, uh, more knowledge on sci-fi in general and science in general. Um, I think if I could go back and do anything, I, I would. I would bone up on that stuff more to help with the writing process and the story process, the, the the pitch process and that sort of thing. Because I always, I always felt like there were times because the, the guys around me were were so brilliant and and so um, so gifted within those areas. Um, I always felt like I was scrambling to catch up. And um, I think I did a good job of faking my way through it at times. <laughs> um, but but I, 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 you know, there were definitely times where I, I wished I'd, I just had more knowledge about the, the things that they were able to bring to the table and then apply to the show. Um, so that I think that's my answer there. And just to give my input a little bit, <laughs> move on to um, Skylanders. Um, my favorite episode of all time is Hell as other robots. Yes. And also my favorite character is Bender. I want that there's no shame in that. No, that's absolutely hell hell as other robots was was a, a blast. That um so I I uh if you follow you follow me on Twitter, Hannah. Yes, I, yes. I think so. I am an unabashed Beastie Boys fan, and I I was bef way before I even got into this industry. I I 
uh, that was just like, that's the, that's the music of my youth. Um, so massive fan. <clears throat> so when it came time for us to, to do that episode, like I, I was over my, I was over the moon that we were getting the beastie boys to do anything that I was associated with. Like that's a dream come true. Um, and so, so it was just it, it, an interesting side story to that episode is um, it, it was only Ad Rock and Mike D who uh, did the rapping and the voices. Uh, uh, we could never get Adam Yao. He was always unavailable or didn't show, I guess, maybe not super interested in being part of it. So when you watch that episode, it's just, it's just Mike D and Ad Rock who are the ones doing the rapping and the acting. So uh, uh, missed opportunity there with Adam, but, um, but uh, I got to meet Mike D um, when, uh, they recorded that episode cause they, they, he was here in LA and, uh, I got, I got a, he signed a couple Rolling Stone covers for me. I was turning around cause I got, got them somewhere in a closet around here. Oh, wow. but, uh, yeah. He signed a couple Rolling Stone covers for me and, uh, and, uh, I'll post it on Twitter one day, but there's this geeky picture of me next to him where I'm just smiling like an idiot. Cause I'm so giddy to meet him. And he just looks so put out to be having to pose for a picture next to nerdy me so uh but i i love i love it and i'm in my futurama crew jack and the whole nine yards it's like it's like it's it's so it's it's just a great it's a great shot because i'm like you can see like i'm just so like like i'm over the moon and he can't he's just he's he's done <laughs> so and now moving on to the skylanders academy which you created sure. so like how was your overall experience with that i guess that was that was a really interesting and and super valuable experience for me uh, it was uh, so, so I'll tell, I'll tell the quick, quick version of how I got that job. I, um, uh, I had an agent at Gersh, uh, at the time and they called, uh, Activision Blizzard Studios was just starting out. They, this Skylanders Academy was going to be their first TV movie, whatever production. Right. <clears throat> and they called Gersh, uh, my agent looking for another writer and my agent, being uh, astute and on it said, no, 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 don't you let me, I got your guy. Let me, let me introduce you to Eric. And so he got me a general meeting with, um, with the, the producers who were looking. And so uh, I took a, you know, first friendly general meeting where they just, they described to me, you know, this is what the show is going to be about. Here are the characters that it's based on. <clears throat> um, and, and we're going to give you the opportunity to walk away for a couple of weeks and uh, see what you can come up with. And so I did that. They gave me a couple, they gave me all the games to go home and play with. Um, so I, you know, I did, did my deep dive on all things Skylanders and I came back and I, I just, uh, excuse me, I'll drink some water real quick. I keep. Yeah, you're good. Keep, I keep uh, uh, clogging up here. Um, uh, so yes, I came back in and the way I pitched my take on the show to them is I, I had the, the, the characters who, um, if you're familiar with the game, you put your you put the character on a little dock and then it comes yeah. to life on the, yeah. So I, I just basically started acting out what I, my, my version of the show is with these characters. And I was like, oh, you know, Spyro is going to be like this guy and he's going to, he's going to have this kind of attitude, but he, then he's going to have this relationship with master Eon where it's like father, son, but they're going to butt heads later because there's Spyro's got a, a, you know, a secret and Eon knows what it is, but he won't tell him because he's the chosen one, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think just my spazzy, pitch sold them on me <laughs> having a grasp on on how to do that show and and then so they hired me uh off of that and um at that point um you know we go and we we create a show bible and uh start writing a pilot and uh you know it it was my first show running experience so um you know I was trying to apply 
a lot of the lessons learned from watching David Cohen at Futurama, you know, seeing him every day in the writer's room and the things that, that I think made him successful and such a great showrunner, trying to apply that to me uh, and my experience. Um, I also took some lessons that I learned from watching David Milch, who was the creator and showrunner of NYPD Blue. Um, I got to, you know, uh, from my Bochco days, I got to spend some, some time in, in his, not working with David, but in his universe. And I would, you know, be very aware of, of the, you know, the types of methods he would use as a showrunner and, and the things that made him successful. So using the two Davids, I, I tried to take the best of, best of what I thought they both did and apply it to what I was doing with Activision. And, um, you know, I think that the, the show, the show was pretty strong. Uh, I, it kind of, it wasn't the show that I set out to make at the start. And, and what, what I mean by that is, when we, when my, when I pitched the show, and we, when me and the, the the first couple writers that were on the show were were, you know, basically cracking stories and and coming up with everything, we we were we were thinking more, let's make this a fun workplace comedy, you know, like with a little bit of an adventure and fantasy. Um, and then there was a towards the end of writing season one, right as Netflix Netflix uh, came aboard and announced and we announced the show there was a, a, a bit of a shift in tone and, and direction where because we were going on Netflix, there was this idea that it had to have some binge worthy elements to it. Um, you know, and my personal experience with, with kids animation is that uh, yes, you can, you can do those shows where, you know, every episode's a cliffhanger and, and, you know, it's it's all, you know, building blocks from one episode to the other to get to the end of the season and to the next season. That's all great. Um, but that wasn't exactly the show that I sold to them. Uh, and it wasn't the show that I was in love with at the start. Um, so uh, it, it, you know, became a little bit more, a little less fun. Let's put it that way. <laughs> a little less fun. Um, and then so, you know, I got to the end of season two and um, I walked away from the show at that point because I had a, another opportunity with Hasbro Studios for a, <clears throat> a show I did for them. I can't say the name of it because it's not announced yet, but um, walked away from Skylanders to go do that show. And there's another IP based uh, uh, property. And, um, and, and that experience turned out to be just fantastic and, and really one of the best times of my life in this industry. I I wish I could tell you more about it and I'll have to come back on uh, when they finally do announce it because that show has loads of stories to tell and has a, an amazing cast. Um, and uh, I am so proud of what that show ended up being. I, and it kills me not to be able to say more. <laughs> and before we conclude, do you have any final screenwriting advice, whether it's or screenwriting or just being in the industry in general? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I was asked this the other day on, on, on another thing. And the, the, the one piece of advice, um, and maybe this is a couple pieces of, pieces of advice, but I'll start with, um, you can never rest on your laurels. You can, like, just because you've got your first staff job or got your first showrunner job or sold your first screenplay, that doesn't automatically make for a long career. You have to continue to write. You have to continue to read. You have to continue to try new things. Um, you have to be open to your career, um, taking twists and turns that um, you might not have predicted. You know, I, like I told you early in the interview, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to be a Tarantino-esque, you know, a film writer. 
And here I am now writing shows for, you know, six to 11 year olds. And I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's, 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 it's been, it's been so much fun. And, and I enjoy the process and, and, and writing those scripts. Um, but I, you know, when I set foot in LA, I didn't see that happening. <laughs> so I think that, um, I think with young writers and, and young creators, it, it's just, uh, it just, you just never stop hustling and always, uh, just, just always be open to opportunities that the universe is going to present to you. Um, uh, because they will, I, I feel like if you work hard and, um, and, and be a good person, that's also really, that's important to be kind, be a good person put good energy into the world. I think um, opportunities find you as much as you find them. So um, yeah, that's, uh, I think that's my, that's my, that's my advice right there. Awesome. And thank you so much, Eric, for coming on the show. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And thank you listeners for listening to Destination Animation. I'm your host, Hannah Howell with KBC Radio, signing off.